Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Why bother sharing your Christian faith with members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we are looking at a book that is soon to be released, a book by Eric Johnson titled Introducing Christianity to Mormons. And the reason why I asked that question at the beginning of the show is because you have a foreword in here by Micah Wilder. Now, we just recently re-aired an interview that we had with Micah when his book came out, titled Passport to Heaven. Micah is a former LDS missionary who was converted to Christianity while on his mission. And if you haven't read Passport to Heaven, I would certainly encourage you to do so. It's, it's published by the same publisher that has printed this book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, and that is Harvest House. But let me just read for you what Micah had to say about that very question that I asked. He says, all too often, Christians have the perception that Mormons, among others, are unreachable. It's easy to assume they are too entrenched into their religious beliefs, and this creates in some people a hesitancy to share the gospel with them. What's the point? I have heard many ask, they'll never change. Yes, they can. I am evidence of that, Micah writes. But as Scripture says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Which, of course, is a reference to Romans 10.14. Then Micah says this, I thank God for Eric's faithfulness to the Mormon people and for the love and compassion he displays in every facet of his ministry. It is my prayer that this book will, one, encourage Christians to lovingly share their faith with Latter-day Saints, and two, challenge Latter-day Saints to investigate their own faith and discover the sufficiency of Jesus alone for salvation. I think what's good about having Micah say that about this book is he is dispelling a stereotype that probably a lot of professing Christians have, and that is, well, Mormons seem to be so much into their church, they would never want to listen to what we have to say. But as Micah brings out, he's living proof that that's not always true. Yes, we are going to come across members who want to be members of the church, probably for a number of reasons, but then you're going to come across, and you may not know what they're thinking, but you may come across a Latter-day Saint who has been having a lot of questions about their faith, and they're looking for some answers. You might be the person they might listen to about what is a good alternative. I'm realizing that my church's history is problematic, I'm reading that my church's doctrine is problematic, 
But where do I go? What does a Latter-day Saint do once they leave the only true church? Because that's what they believe about their church. They believe that their church is the only true church on the face of the earth and that all other churches are part of some great apostasy. We don't know if that individual may have some doubts about their faith. We don't know if they have questions that they would love to have answered. You, as a Christian, may be the person they can turn to for those answers. Now, maybe you don't have all the answers at the tip of your tongue, but this is a good book, I think, that would help with those answers. Eric, I asked you in a previous broadcast, how would you hand this book to an individual? And I think you answered it quite well. It could be that you could say to the Latter-day Saint, look, I sure, I'm sure you have a lot of questions about what I believe. This is a book that's written by someone that believes like I believe, and yet he's taken the time to document all the answers that he has. And hopefully these answers will be to the questions that you may have. I think that would be a great segue in giving a copy of this book to an individual. But a question that I want to ask you, Eric, You spent two chapters at the beginning of the book speaking just about the Bible. Why did you do that? Well, because uh, for Latter-day Saint, the Bible is part of their canon. They do have that in their standard works. Article 8, Joseph Smith came up with in the Articles of Faith, and that's found in the Pearl of Great Price, which is an LDS scripture. And it says that the Bible is true as far as it is translated correctly. So for many Latter-day Saints... Whether they're in the church or out of the church, there always is a doubt that the Bible is correct, that it can be trusted. And yet, when you take a look at the evidence that is readily available in many, many books, I'm not an expert on this, I just take from other people, and I put in these two chapters, which actually was one chapter, but it was so long I had to cut it into two. I call it God's special revelation, chapter one. I want people to understand when they read the Bible, this is not just a translation of a translation of a translation like many Latter-day Saints think. Many Latter-day Saints don't realize how the wealth of all the manuscripts we have. We have over 5,000 Greek manuscripts for the New Testament. Uh, we have uh, 24,000 in other languages that come very early. Whole codices, they're called, which is a book uh, from the fourth century. We have those. We have all kinds of information for the New Testament. For the Old Testament, I think one of the most valuable discoveries was the Dead Sea Scrolls. And you and I, Bill, have visited a number of times in Israel and climbed into Cave One, where two scrolls of Isaiah were found, including the Great Scroll of Isaiah. And the information we have gathered over the past century, especially helps us to know that it's a very trustworthy book. But I'm going to deal with topics like, what about the Bible contradictions? Or what about the telephone game? That's a favorite one used by many Mormons as well as uh, as atheists. When they do become atheists, they want to say, well, how do you know in the game of telephone, when you pass the information from one person to the next, at the end it doesn't get corrupted? Well, that's a bad illustration. And I explain why in the book to show that when somebody brings that out, we can say, no, that's not how it happened. And here's how it happened. So in a sense, these two chapters are meant to give you confidence. So when I'm citing the Bible on almost every page of this book, whether they're just references or I'm citing an entire passage, there's reason. This is not just my opinion. This is what the Bible teaches and what other Christians have agreed with me, that this is what it teaches in context. You notice how many times when we're talking with Latter-day Saints about the authenticity of the Bible, 
that many times we hear arguments that atheists have been giving. Mm-hmm. Why is it that Latter-day Saints, in order to defend their position regarding the Bible, go to atheists for arguments? And we hear this a lot. We know that a lot of Latter-day Saints seem to love Bart Ehrman. Why? Because Bart Ehrman doesn't really like the Bible. Misquoting Jesus is what he wrote. Yeah, and so (laughs) they go to guys like that. We often encourage people when we are speaking at churches, don't be afraid to cite the Bible when you're having a conversation with Latter-day Saints. If for no other reason, it shows that you do find it to be a trustworthy document. I would hope that you would be able to also, in that conversation, give some reasons why you believe the Bible. There are reasons why we trust the Bible, as surprisingly, Jesus seemed to trust it because he cites it an awful lot. He cites the Old Testament numerous times in the Gospels. I think the Mormon church does a disservice to its people because when they do leave, they oftentimes head over to atheism, agnosticism, or nothing at all. Jana Reese, in her book, The Next Mormons, in her surveys, says that 45% of everyone who leaves heads in that direction, with another 21% who call themselves, quote-unquote, just Christian, which just means that they're moralistic, that they have good morals, they're not going out and doing bad things. Two out of three people who leave this church then go to nothing as far as spirituality is concerned. And what really bothers me, and I write about this in the introduction, only 10% of everyone who leaves goes to evangelical Christianity. I think Mormonism is a breeding ground for atheists, for future atheists, if you want to say it that way. And I deal with this issue, many Latter-day Saints, to comfort themselves when they're finding out information that goes against Joseph Smith or the Book of Mormon or whatever it is. What do they like to tell each other? If Mormonism is not true, then nothing else is. If the church is not teaching the truth, then we can't trust anything. So we have a disadvantage. Even though we have the Bible as a commonality, or at least we used to once they leave, many throw the Bible away completely, where they threw it away partially as a Latter-day Saint with throwing so much doubt on. But I think we need to have the ability to say, no, just because men fooled you, just because the church taught you wrong, doesn't mean that God, whom you once believed in perhaps, and Jesus, whom you once considered to be a savior, they have not failed you. It's man who has failed you. So I think there's great hope in Christianity that is perfect for somebody who's coming off a rebound, and I want them to know the truth, and that is the Bible. So that's why two of the 10 chapters are dedicated to getting the trust back. I think we need to do that as Christians and help Latter-day Saints understand that this is a book worthy of trust. You had mentioned Article 8 in the Articles of Faith, where they say that they believe the Bible to be the Word of God as far as it's translated correctly. You cite that in your chapter preview, and you have a chapter preview at the head of every chapter, giving a, an overview of what the person is about to read. And of course, we know that Article 8, when it says, as far as it's translated correctly, that's really understood by most Latter-day Saints to mean as far as the Bible has been transmitted correctly, because they do believe that many errors crept into the ancient manuscripts, and those errors find their way into our modern Bibles today. So even though it may be a good translation in the minds of many Latter-day Saints, it would only be a good translation of a bad transmission. But yet we know that the Bible has been transmitted quite accurately, especially considering how old the manuscripts are. Bill, I have a website that is dedicated to this book. It goes to mrm.org, but it's called introducingchristianity.com. 
introducingchristianityoneword.com. If you go there, I have a bunch of bells and whistles there. I have a, vi- a short video explaining the book for a minute, 45 seconds, thanks to uh, Pastor Bradley Campbell and Brian Main, who is the voice of MRM, for putting that together for me. I have uh, answers to the discussion questions that are found at the end of each of the chapters. I have all the podcasts that have been done, including this one, will be located there. A number of things that you can go to, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, as an extra help when you get this book. Now, we have a special going on, because we are just coming out of the summer months, and summer months are usually not very kind to ministries such as ours. It even has a term called the summer slump. If you would like a signed copy by Eric, we're asking for a donation to MRM, Mormonism Research Ministry, of $100. Now, you might say, gee, is Eric's signature worth $100? No. As I said yesterday, I think it is. However, That donation, as you said, Eric, goes to further our efforts here at Mormonism Research Ministry. So that's what you would be doing, not only getting a signed copy of the book, but you would also be helping us out. Yeah, so go to mrm.org slash donate. You can donate with a check. You can donate with credit card, however you'd like to do that. And also, we have made an offer this week for anybody who's listening to us right now who's a Latter-day Saint or has recently come out of the church you ought to read this book. We want to make sure you can read this book. We're going to send it to you for free if you just email me and tell me your situation that, hey, I'm in the church, or I just left, and I'd like to see what it is you guys have to offer. What does Christianity have for me? Eric, E-R-I-C, at mrm.org. Eric at mrm.org. Just write me. Give me your mailing address. We, as a ministry, will get that book to you. Tomorrow, we're going to continue looking at this book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.